Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Hello, friends. John Eldridge here. Welcome back to the Ransomed Heart podcast. From time to time, one of our favorite things to do is to bring to you highlights from some recent teaching that we've done or from what God's doing in our own lives, from maybe a conference that we've held or an intimate teaching time here at our outpost. And we just got back recently from our latest captivating retreat, which was phenomenal. I mean, just the beauty of Jesus moving in the lives of the hearts of women is one of the most breathtaking things I've ever seen. In the context of that retreat, Stacy did a new session that she's never taught at Captivating before, but which God's really been working in her own life in and teaching her over the last year. She's been studying, researching, praying, talking about it for about a year, and then she presented it at this Captivating. And the subject was the mother, the role of mother in our lives, but in particularly the mother wound. Now, hang on. If you're familiar with Ransomed Heart, if you tracked with us at all, we're really, really keen on Isaiah 61 on the healing of the brokenhearted. And whether it's in Captivating or Wild at Heart or a hundred other places that we've talked about it, we've talked about the significance of the father wound, you know, how a little girl looks to her father for the answer to her heart's you know, deepest questions and how a little boy also looks to his dad for the answer to his questions and how the father wound tends to be one of, if not the most defining wound of our lives. But in doing that, I think we may have given a wrong impression, maybe the idea that that's the only wound or that's the most significant wound. And so I want to share with you this talk. It's too much to jam into one podcast. So we're going to break this up and just let you hear this absolutely remarkable teaching on the mother wound so that you might find deeper healing and greater freedom in your own life. So this is Stacy Eldridge. I think you're going to love this. Whether good or bad, whether redemptive or destructive, our relationship with our mother affected us to the core of our being. And that's where we're going this afternoon. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're going to pursue Jesus this afternoon, pursuing him, which means he needs to give us the strength to pursue him and to pursue the more healing that he has for us. There's always more. There's always more. And he's going to give us the strength and you the strength and the mercy to go there with him now. We want to talk about our mother wound, which for some of us is the mother of all wounds. (laughs) There is a charge in scripture to honor your mother and your father. It is the only command that's attached to a promise. Honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. The land he may give you may be land. It may be relationships, it may be a ministry, it may be a calling. 
your territory. It's your domain. There's all kinds of verses in the scriptures about our mothers and our fathers. Proverbs 23, 25. May your father and mother be glad. Proverbs 29, 15. A child left to himself disgraces his mother. Proverbs 31, 1 is a beautiful proverb, and it's an oracle his mother taught him. You remember Timothy was taught by his mother and his grandmother. Isaiah 66, 13, as a mother comforts her child, God says, so will I comfort you. Proverbs 1, 8, do not forsake your mother's teaching. Mothers teach. Mothers instruct. Mothers counsel. Mothers guide. Mothers comfort. Well, they're meant to. Mothers are a source of wisdom. Too often in this world, we diminish the role of our mother, both who she is and what she's done. And we are genuinely shocked when she makes an appearance through us. (laughs) I was at the park watching over my sons when Samuel began to move in the forbidden direction. And this sound like a machine gun came out of my mouth. This "Ah, ah, 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 ah," sound. I had never made that sound before, but my mother had. Where did she come from? We say, I'm becoming like my mother. And usually not with glee. My mother didn't like the ocean, and she barely knew how to swim, and I am part fish. She got heat stroke if out in the sun too long, and I love the sun. She dressed classically and conservatively, and I don't like button-down shirts, and collars give me hair rats. She preferred tennis shoes. I prefer flip-flops. She wanted me to cut my hair, and I still haven't. My mother loved to garden. I love to garden. My mother loved to bake. I love to bake. She loved to decorate the holidays you know, the house for the holidays, and I love to do that. She loved to entertain. I love to have people over. She sponsored a child from a third world country 45 years ago before most people knew that that was even an opportunity to do. She would have orphans over to our home to spend the day to give them a respite from the home. I hope I'm like that. She was self-controlled and disciplined, and how come I didn't get more of that? Well, there are many ways that I would like to become like my mother. Lillian Hellman said, My mother was dead for five years before I knew that I loved her very much. Thankfully, I got to know a few months the depth of my love for my mother before she passed away 10 years ago. She's been gone for 10 years. Our relationship is still changing. It's easy to blame our mothers, isn't it? It just is. I mean, children will blame their moms. Teenagers, it's quintessential that they'll blame their moms. I was walking behind my son Sam down the stairs at our home, and he was like four years old. It was one of those chair rails, and he hit his hip on it. You know how much that hurts? And I knew how much it hurt, but what he did surprise me is when he turned around and blamed me for it. <laughs> Mom! 
What? We want to honor our mothers and honor them as God calls us to honor them, which for some may differ from the way our mothers want us to honor them. We want to respect them. We want to respect the weighty role that they have played in our lives. They have impacted us deeply. We are made in the image of God, right? We are. Remember, let us make man in his own image. Male and female, he created them. We bear the image of the living God. That means our feminine hearts find their root in the heart of our creator God. So I'm not questioning whether or not God is our heavenly father. He is. He is. But God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one, does not have a gender, but is the source of all gender. I said to you that a mother is meant to teach, guide, instruct, impart wisdom, comfort. Just does that sound like anyone in the Trinity to you? In order to increasingly become who we are meant to be, we need to increasingly pursue deeper healing with Jesus. So yes, we are going to explore our mother wounds. But you should know right off the bat, I am not going to throw our mothers under a bus. And I'm not throwing us, any one of us, under a bus. It's just not going to happen. None of us in this room had a perfect mother and none of us is one, that woman does not exist. God alone is perfect. And there is not a person, a human being alive, who will not need God and need his healing in their lives. That does not exist. We all need to be loved and accepted and approved of and enjoyed, and there is only one person who will do that perfectly all through our lives. Jesus. So I do not want to usher in shame or guilt because for those of you that are mothers, it's really hard to listen to this and not immediately go to the ways that you have blown it. And this is not about you as a mother. This is about you as a daughter. So as much as you're able to right now, we say no to shame or accusation or regret or resentment. And yes, God will take us to places that he wants to shepherd us. There are places we need to repent of, maybe places we need to ask forgiveness for. Yes, we're going to go there, but right now we need to go first to our own hearts, into the depth of our hearts, our mother place, okay? We've talked about the incredible importance that our father has, right? We've talked about what we, how we believe, maybe we haven't, but what we come to believe about our father God in heaven is directly related to what we know and experience of our earthly fathers. There's just a ton that comes from there. Our relationship or our lack of relationship informed us about who God is, right or wrong. And we have talked about how every child enters the world with a question and, 
And that the person they bring that question primarily to is their father, their dad. Do you delight in me? Do you see me? Am I captivating? And the little boys, do I have what it takes? Am I the real deal? And do you love me? And yes, because of the way that God has fashioned the universe, the father-child relationship is the deepest relationship in the universe. The father bestows identity. This is who you are. This is your true name. And we grow in our healing as we continue to press into God about who we are. What is our true name? Continuing to bring him our heart questions. How do you see me? Ask him to speak to us now. We don't tire of asking him, and he doesn't get tired of telling us. We increase in this, and we go to God when he exposes places in our life because our response is out of proportion to the situation or when fear rears its ugly head or any form of fallen evenness comes. As we go, what's under this? What's motivating this? Come, Jesus. I give you access. I invite you in. Yes, yes. Your earthly father has played an enormous role in your life. Yes. And it is shaping who you are today. It's continuing to do that. And with all that said, it's easy to make the leap then that our mothers must have played a secondary role, an incidental role. Now, why on earth would we believe that what the father offers his children is of the utmost importance and what the mother offers her children is a womb and then possibly clean underwear and Easter baskets? <laughs> Maybe. No. No. You got a great father? Fantastic. You're all set then. Oh, if only. The role a mother plays in her child's life is massive, and the role your mother has played in your life and continues to play in your life is core to the woman you are today. Core to the woman you are today. The father bestows identity. The mother bestows self worth. Are you worth sacrificing for? Are you worth being inconvenienced for? Taking the time for, are you worth loving? Do you have worth? Your mother is the one who answered these questions deep in your heart, not just her daughter's questions, her, her son's as well. And we all had mothers by virtue of the fact that you are here, that you exist, you had a mother. And her effect on you is profound. It's foundational, emotional, mental, physical, cellular, and spiritual. And her effect on you began not right after your birth, but right after your conception. Right after your conception. Your mother is your most powerful role model. She's the one who teaches you, it just gets passed on, how she felt about her body affects deeply how we feel about our bodies. What we think is possible in relationships, what men are like, what marriage can be like, how high we can dream, what is possible in this life, what we can attain, achieve, become, how we care for ourselves. And it's important for us to take a look at that. 
just take a look. It's not a life sentence on us because Jesus has come for us. And the truth is we've been adopted into a new family and we have a new bloodline. But all that was passed on to us. It was. And we need to look at it. What does your mom believe? How does she treat herself and her needs? Was she last on her list? Was she first? Your mother plays an enormous defining role in who you are and what worth you think you have. And that process began when you were in your mother's womb and continued on when you were an infant and a child and an adolescent and progressed through every stage of your life till today. A baby being formed in the womb knows much, feels much, even hears much. It's documented that a baby in the womb is aware and actually remembers what's going on there at some deep level, below the conscious level. Children who were twins in the womb, who had twins who didn't survive, will sometimes miss their brother and ask after them when they were never told that person existed. They'll remember. If while in the mother's womb, a mother is stressed or fearful, or angry, it has a direct effect on the developing baby. What's going on in the mother's world has a direct effect. If a mom struggles with an addiction while she's pregnant, it's just the chances increase exponentially that when her child grows up, the child will struggle with the same addiction. If a mother is obese while she's pregnant, there's an exponential increase in in the child struggling with obesity. I have battled obesity for more than 25 years. I have gained and lost more than 1,000 pounds. And my mother did not battle with obesity, so I don't get to lay that at her feet. Dang. (laughs) I'm sure however it was her fault. But she was... She was, however, deeply overwhelmed and profoundly depressed. You know, I've shared with you, I wasn't a baby whose soon arrival was a, was a cause for celebration, but for weeping. My mother didn't know how she could care for another child, let alone survive. What happens in the womb sets the stage, sets the foundation for your life. When a mother's feeling happy, secure, hopeful, the blood flow opens up and fully nourishes the child's. When a mother is feeling worried, anxious, fearful, the blood vessels constrict and the developing fetus does not get enough. If that experience happens predominantly, A baby comes to believe in her core, in that part beyond words, that she will never have enough, that she's not secure, that her world isn't safe, that she won't be taken care of. And that belief settles so deeply into the developing baby. It's deeper than our thoughts, deeper than our memory. While still in the womb, the mother's emotions translate into the baby. She feels what her mom feels. Questions are being answered in her tiny heart. Am I secure? Will there be enough for me, enough food, enough emotional nourishment? Am I wanted? Am I rejoiced over or panicked over? Am I coming into a safe living environment? Am I coming into a dangerous living environment? 
a baby being developed in the womb can hear voices. She'll recognize her mother's voice as soon as she's born. You see, a mother is a mother as soon as she conceives. And all that is going on in her life during those nine months of gestation matters. It affects the child. It affected you. While being formed in your mother's womb, just think about what her life was like. Did you feel satisfied? Do you think you got enough? Was your mother stressed, afraid, worried? Did she smoke? Did she drink? Was she excited about pregnant or terrified of it? And seeing how your mom was a human being, there were times, many times, when she was terrified or overwhelmed by the prospect of your arrival. It comes with the territory. And once you've arrived, most mothers have moments or months of feeling pretty overwhelmed. You give birth to the baby, they they send you home with it. (laughs) As a first-time mom, I got hit really hard with postpartum depression. I do not know how any child has ever survived. These feelings, the prospect of caring for and raising a child can just... They're so frightening. And those same feelings accompany a mother who's adopted her child as well. And we can assume that adopted babies had birth mothers who were at times filled with fear and anxiety as well. If you were adopted, you had a birth mother who loved you profoundly and unselfishly enough to relinquish your precious self to a family that she knew could offer you what she could not. Some of you in this room were adopted, and some of you in this room have made that incredibly difficult and utterly loving choice. God bless you for that. God knows what that was like. By the grace of God, we want to sit with him over our stories, over the effect that our mother played on our lives, the impact she had, and not run to the impact that we have made, okay? God has our children, and yes, they are going to need him. (laughs) Were you satisfied? And once you were born, did you get enough? Food, touch, comfort, love, eye contact. There's four main roles of a mom. I'm really going to go into two of them. And the first one, probably the primary role, is nurturer. The primary role of mother is nurturing. The giving of care that allows for life. Okay, I know, I hate to cut this off right there, but we are going to need to pause until next week. We are going to pick this up in the series and finish this in two more sessions, so stay with us. You're going to want to come back. But for now, thanks for listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. And come by our website at ransomedheart.com and dive into the, oh, just the world of resources that we have for you there.